Hello and welcome to Making Mediumship the Norm, the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Espinasi, known as New Zealand's Modern Medium, and I have been very privileged over the years to connect thousands of people to their loved ones in spirit, whether that be through one-on-one readings to my sellout Whispers from Above shows. I'm excited to be able to bring you this podcast where together we are going to be bringing mediumship into the everyday homes, the everyday hearts and everyday conversations. Whether you are here seeking solace after the loss of a loved one, needing guidance on your life's journey, or simply you have a curiosity to explore the mysteries of the universe, the Making Mediumship the Norm podcast is here to support you. My intention with each episode is to help you bridge the gap with life beyond this earth. So without further ado, let's tap in to today's episode. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today, Danielle Rosado, who is an intuitive astrologer. So exciting because not only is she an astrologer, she's very on point. She's like me. Her intuition is a bullseye. You're going to love her. She also helps people with business strategy and what is the secret source to empowering them as entrepreneurs to take ownership of who they are so they can be confident in growing a business that is unique to them and their birth chart. So what's really like in the stars and we all have that. She bridges her psychic gifts with astrological expertise to help business owners, so people like myself, gain clarity on their path and what areas of their life to take action. So we'll probably dive into like, what's coming up for me and what am I going to do and how to create offers so that our soulmate clients are magnetized to us. So she is just phenomenal. I cannot wait to be the guinea pig and show you how Danielle works. So without further ado, welcome, Danielle. Well, thank you so much for having me, Melissa. This is such a pleasure and this is going to be so much fun. This is exactly what I love to do. The magic is all within looking at your chart and just giving you a new perspective of everything that you already embody, everything you already are. So it's going to be a lot of confirmation and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so excited to dive into my chart, but before we do, let's like bring it back. How did you get started in astrology and how did you kind of become the astrologer of the industry? You're like the go-to woman. (laughs) So tell us how that kind of happened first. Oh, thank you, my love. Yeah, I'm really starting to recognize that for myself. And it's like, I'm taking ownership of that as well. So thank you for reflecting on that. Mm-hmm. It 100% is. And we have similar placements, by the way. So if I'm the astrologer of the industry, you are 100% the medium of the industry. Okay. Oh, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, astrology has been a part of my life, honestly, since I can remember. I remember being like, 14 with like the Cosmo girl and, you know, checking my horoscope and I'm a Pisces sun. So, you know, just that mystical, magical energy of just knowing like, you know, there's something larger than life. There's like an explanation of how the universe works and, you know, how the dots connect. It always intrigued me, but it wasn't until I 
pretty much hit like a rock bottom, like a dark nights of the soul, spiritual awakening in my path where a lot of things were happening all at once. A lot of karmic events that felt really out of my control. A lot of grief that I was processing. Unfortunately, my dad passed away. My brother passed away. And I just felt like everything I was losing a lot and nothing made sense. Nothing felt clear. So it took me pretty much looking for answers and trying to understand why are these things happening? And I'm not going to lie, I did fall into that victim martyrdom that Pisces tend to fall into where it just feels like the world is happening to me, not for me. And it wasn't until I started just like dabbling with YouTube, just trying to figure out what's going on and how do I understand what's happening right now? Like the energetics of the current energy right now. And that was when astrology was like the only thing that made sense to me. I started following astrologers such as the Leo King. His name is David Palmer. He's super masculine and like very Leo. So before I knew I was a Leo moon, which you are too, I'm also a Leo rising. I have my Jupiter in Leo. So there was something about that Leo like energy that really attracted me to him. And I would listen to him every week. And he was the one that not only helped me understand the current astrology, like he would speak in the astrological lingo and somehow I would understand what he was saying. Like he was really good at bringing it down to earth and making it relatable. And that was what created the light bulb like that went off. And I was like, I get it. I understand what he's saying. Even though this language almost feels like foreign, it's something that I, I just understand on a soul level. So I was pulled to it. And then it really started with that practice of the new moon and the full moon, just knowing that I could check in with myself twice a month and do like a journaling practice, a setting intentions, a manifestation practice. And just knowing that on the new moon, it's not just going to be the phase of the moon that I'm working with, but I'm also working with the sign that the new moon is in. And that was like the big aha once I started to understand the zodiac signs and the archetypes that they embody and how that's expressed. And once that started to really become like almost like this playing of dress up, it was like, ooh, like the new moon is in Taurus. Like, how can I be more like a Taurus today? And I was just playing with the different as if it was like we're playing house or this inner child, like very creative exercise. And the more I fed into it, the more I realized like, this is how you're meant to learn astrology. It's not meant to just be the information and the knowledge, but it's more the embodiment of these different archetypes because what people don't recognize is that you are all 12 zodiac signs right? You have an entire birth chart. It's not just your sun sign, which is what everyone like knows about themselves. Based know, off I was the like, I'm an Aries and that's all I am. You know, like I'm a typical Aries. I didn't realize yeah. I have all the zodiac signs. You have all the zodiac signs. However, at the same time, you have specific placements that will, of course, be in specific signs. So this is where people also get caught up in 
only the placements that they have. So they, they break the barrier of their sun sign. They're like, okay, I have a moon and a rising sign. And that just blows everyone's mind. And then it goes into all the placements that they have of how they relate to one another, how they attract money, how they express their anger, how they take action, what their ambition is like. Like then it goes very broad and their eyes light up. But then it goes even deeper than that. And it's showing you that you you are all 12 zodiac signs in your chart. You have it occupying an area of your life, whether you have a placement there or not. And that to me is like when you're really going to crack the code to understanding the timing of your life and knowing when to do what and how to do it. So that's where I come in. That's my secret sauce. I've never really played with astrology. Mm-hmm. I have like, I know I'm an Aries. And so you go to the back of the magazine where it says like this week, this is what's going to happen if you're an Aries. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You're like, oh, this is nonsense. And it seems to me like there is so much more to astrology than mm-hmm. potentially we have understood. Just like mediumship, there's so much more to it than we think we're just talking to dead people, right? There's so much more to, to it. So- with you, can I ask a question? Don't know if it's a silly question or not. Does mm-hmm. like the chart change depending on like what month and year it is? So does, does my chart stay the same from the mm-hmm. moment I'm born to the moment I die or does it change? I don't even know what I'm asking, but I think you do. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful question. So your chart will always remain the same. As long as you know the time you were born, that's going to create the entire birth chart, starting with the rising sign. So the rising sign is always like the indicator of the first house, which represents you and like the evolution of yourself. And so just so you know, Melissa, anytime you look at a horoscope, instead of looking at just Aries, I would suggest also looking at Libra because that is your rising sign. And the horoscopes are created through the rising sign, not the sun sign. I never thought I would have Libra in me. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so bizarre. My daughter, my eldest, I have three kids, but my Mm -hmm. eldest daughter, she's a Libra, like a Mm -hmm. typical Libra. And I'm like, I'm so not like her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's interesting that you say this. I'm like in denial. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So everyone has like their own expression of the signs. You know, sometimes people express it through a very stereotypical, I guess, cookie cutter version of that sign would say that they would be. But at the same time, there are probably elements of the Libra, you know, energy that you don't even know are Libra until maybe I'll reflect it back to you. Oh, yeah. Because I hide absolutely behind being an Aries. I'm like, I'm getting away with it because I'm an Aries. Yeah. <laughs> That's what have Aries a lot are of, like. So. <laughs> yeah. And you have a lot of Aries placements other than just your son. So it makes sense that you feel that Aries energy more present and it relates the most to you. But also when it comes to the original question of if it changes, It can, like, when we're talking about the timing of things, the placements of where the planets are in the sky right now, for instance, right? Where they are in the sky right now, that's what's changing. So that's what's creating what's called the transits, which means that the planet is in motion. It's transiting around the sun. So what's happening is different parts of your chart, which represent different areas of your life, 
are being influenced right now through the placements of where the planets are in whatever sign they're in and how they're relating to one another. So I like to always think of the planets as people to kind of bring it back down to earth and really understand like, okay, how do I relate with this person, right? What does this person mean to me? How do I express this very specific personality trait that this person kind of brings? But also if the planets are people, I'm like, okay, how do they vibe with one another? Do they vibe? Right. And it, do they conflict? And then are you have challenges? this whole like retrograde, no retrograde, eclipse. Oh my gosh. There's all the stuff that adds into it, right? There's all the different things that add into it. So I always think of like eclipses and retrogrades. Like those are kind of like check-in moments where that's where you can most likely see the actual manifestation of like, it's very obvious that something is happening right now. Eclipses, we just went through that in the last like couple of weeks. We just oh got my out gosh. of that. I feel um, like I honestly went through like death and back. I don't know if you can see that in my chart or not. I'm like, I don't really know how to read a chart. So I don't know what you can see, but I was like, I'm not going to make it out alive. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm done on planet Earth. Like it was yeah. hard. It was, it was. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The full moon eclipse in Scorpio definitely impacted you personally because you have Pluto in the first house of Scorpio. So that felt very personal to you. It's like your entire identity is shifting. And I personally think it's more of a soul remembrance that you're having right now versus like having instead of having to completely like try something new, it's more of like my soul is remembering who I am. And that makes sense of why you would be attracted to thinking of an astrologer to kind of remind you of that, because that is exactly what the chart is meant to reflect of just like your soul's journey. And again, like more of the codes of like your blueprint of who you are and also who you get to become. That was kind of like the completion of that question. It, it does it change the placements never technically change, but they have a lot of layers to them. So I can look at my chart and remember how I was expressing all of my placements when I was a hot freaking mess back in college. And I can also see it through the lens of being a badass businesswoman right now. And I can also see it through the lens of like my future self and what I'm going to step into. Like there's so many parts to how you can express them. Can I ask like, one thing before we like dive into my chart mm-hmm. can charts because as an intuitive medium one of the questions I get asked a lot is do I predict deaths and my answer to that is no I don't want mm-hmm. to can mm-hmm. your chart tell you when you're gonna die like am I cramming it all in now like how long have I got to go like does my chart tell me that I personally also agree that it's like very unethical to ever like predict a death because that's just like not a thing. I mean, it is, there are definitely astrologers that study death within the chart. I personally am very intrigued by it because I know that there may be some patterns that could occur in relation to the greater malefics in astrology, such as Mars or such as like Saturn or Pluto. Pluto is not actually technically a malefic, but Pluto is a planet of death and regeneration and loss and grief. So whenever someone passes away, especially a celebrity or even my own unfortunate immediate family that's passed that I've received their birth information and I can go back to any day in the past, 
I can go to any day in the future. Like you can time travel with your chart and see what was happening that day. So it's really cool. Well, it's not, I don't want to say cool, but you know, it's interesting to see like, wow, it's so freaking aligned why that happened. But the actual transits of what happened is going to always be kind of different and very unique to that person. It's not going to always be the same predictable thing. Amazing. And I love how you talk about ethics. That is a big thing that I'm on a mission, especially with mediumship and working as a psychic. There are no industry standards. Unlike Reiki, for example, you have to do level one, then level two and all of that kind of stuff. There is no certificate or kind of school that you have to go to to Mm -hmm. work with the public. And so there's a lot of ethics that get crossed in the spiritual industry, especially with psychics and mediums. And I'm not trying to like shame anybody. I just Mm -hmm. know for myself, this is something that I take very seriously and Mm -hmm. my craft, I know inside and out. And I feel we have to remember at the end of the day, even though I'm communicating with those that are in spirit, I'm communicating for, for them for the people that are alive. And we have to remember they're they're real people that we're also working with. So I imagine as well with your astrology, you have those really strong ethics. And I feel that's why I gravitated to you because I feel we're very on par. And as you said, we have very similar charts. So let's Mm -hmm. dive into my chart. I don't know what questions to really ask you. So I'm going to like let you say whatever you feel (laughs) where we need to start with my chart and all of that kind of stuff because this is really outside my comfort zone well I honor you for being so like open to having this you know broadcasted because this is very sacred right this is your journey this is your path and some people can be a little bit more like I just want to keep that to myself and other people with your Leo moon you're like no I'm okay. Like I want to, you know, let the world know who I am and shine a light so that people can feel empowered and really just know that there's answers out there. I know that we originally were talking about the placements that are in your chart that really solidify that you are a psychic medium and that you were born to be this. So I would love to just reiterate some of the placements that I see that just really stand out in relation to your mediumship and your gifts. So and we the first- find those things. Like if so, is it in the same place for everybody? Like, is there a life purpose section? Absolutely. So what they would call the life purpose placement is called the North Node. So the North Node in your astrology, it's not necessarily a planetary body. So it's not a planet. It's basically a mathematical point of the moon, which creates the eclipses. So the North Node is what I always remind people, the North Star. That's your direction in this lifetime. That's what you were meant to learn how to master and what you were asked to like kind of be challenged into. So the North Node doesn't mean it's going to be this easy peasy road to your destiny. There are things that you're needing to really learn how to face some challenges along the way. The challenges come from the South Node. The South Node is just the opposite of the North Star. It's where you've been in your past life. It's what you've taken from your past life into this lifetime that you're really good at. 
it's your strengths, it's your gifts, and it's also like your comfort zone. So what happens a lot of the time is when people are looking for that North node, like tell me how do I embody my soul's purpose or the the path to get there? They're really caught up in their South node energy. And that may come through relationships they're in. It may come through jobs that they've been a part of that they thought they were supposed to do because they're really good at it. But then they realized this isn't what I want to do at all. So for you, my dear, you have your North node in Aries. So it's interesting that you are meant to be a bitch for the rest of my life. (laughs) Well, I think it's amazing when someone has their North node at the same sign as other placements that, especially like the sun, which is very much just who you are. And like, it's just kind of shining a light in relation to your radiance and how people also see you. So there's elements of the North node kind of close to the sun. It's not like right next to one another, but they're close enough that shows me that you were absolutely meant to be a leader in this lifetime. And your challenges that you may face that thankfully you have the Aries placements to support the challenges, but the challenges you may face are related to really just like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the South Node in Libra may be more concerned of what other people think. And like the opinions of others. And of course, being a psychic medium is not like this very conventional no, lifestyle. It is the one industry where I feel people feel a justification to have terrible comments and just feel like they can oh, call you every name under the sun, really. Yeah, because it's taboo. And, you know, there's elements of that where if if something they don't understand, then we were conditioned to be afraid of it, right? Because it's mysterious, it cannot be explained. And so when we're in that type of limelight of taking ownership of it, then of course, there's just a lot of religious trauma and things that are going on where people can associate us with dark forces. And that's not true. And so I believe that that's the biggest lesson of just really taking ownership of your identity because Aries is the self and how you identify with yourself. And so with that North node near your sun, there are elements of this that the North node is in your sixth house, which does have to do with your work. It does have to do with how you're being of service to other people and just like what you're doing on a daily basis, your daily routine. And it's also related to your health, making sure you're taking care of you since you are an open channel, really protecting your energy. And of course, you know, understanding the boundaries of kind of speaking with spirit, speaking with other people's families, and of course, just the the empathic life of needing to put yourself first and not just overextend your energy for others either. So that's a big, big, big piece of it. So in this lifetime, you're definitely, if I was to tune into this in relation to your South Node, I also have my South Node in the 12th house. That's a very like magical placement. It shows that You've done this in a past life. You are a channel that this isn't the first time you've done this. We know that, right? But this kind of solidifies that. And it shows that because you are so selfless and you are very generous with your energy and 
you want to help everyone, right? Like you want to like serve. And And then, you know, they say, if you try and help everybody, you help nobody. But I'm like, I really Mm -hmm. feel that my mission is to make a difference in the whole entire world. And I feel like not even the world, the whole universe is counting on me. Yes. Like we feel like a sense of personal responsibility because we have such a light within us and we have, we can see things so differently than other people can. And so I believe that with that North node in the sixth house, it's just learning how to kind of contextualize what you do. It's kind of difficult to explain. It's also difficult to prioritize who you're working with, because I think what we're talking about when you're you talking to help like everyone in, in terms of humans or spirit, prioritize which ones or both. It's both. I could definitely see it being both. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say you have to like choose who you're working with. Of course, that's your own, well, we're talking about ethics, right? Like you have your own very sacred connection, but I think it's also just like who you're working with in relation to how self-led they are, that they're not going to be codependent on you because you may have a pattern of meeting people in this very needy, like I need you to tell me the answers. I need you to help me. And kind of just your role is to be of service to them, but also like empower them into how to lead themselves back to, let's say if they're going through a process of grief or they're going through a process of trying to find clarity after uh, losing a loved one or something like that, that your superpower is really like kind of identity work, you know, like showing them who they are and really just like kind of how they're connected with everything that is that they didn't lose a part of them within let's say a death. So there's a lot there that goes deeper than just delivering messages from a loved one. Um, it's so interesting, Danielle, because one of the inner struggles that I've had is a lot of psychic mediums. When you go to them, It's like you give your power away. Tell me all the answers. I want to know everything. The exact moment, blah, 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 right? And for me, I was like, I do not want to make people feel powerless. I want to make people feel powerful. And so for me, it's been this real kind of battle of what is the ethics? How do we change this? How do I be an intuitive medium without taking people's power away? And I feel this is why I have fought it for so long. Does it say that sometimes I go back and forth and going, I don't want to do this anymore. And then, oh no, but this is really what I meant to do. And I have this just like, ah, I don't even know how to put that into words, but it's been a real battle of how do I make my mark in this industry where Mm -hmm. I really empower people and not disempower them because they all come to me because they've been disempowered. Like I know all the stuff that gets said and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible that people are saying this. Like, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's making sense in my chart. Absolutely. That is 100% like not only the signature of your soul's mission, but it's also your placement with Jupiter being in Aries. Jupiter, we just went through that transit, by the way. You just had a Jupiter return. So Jupiter was At just my a moment. Was that, was that <laughs> where I was like, oh my God. I'll tell you about your I'll tell you about your death moment. I'll tell you exactly where that happened. And that is related to you going through the extremes of like 
the back and forth. And that's also shown in two different ways that I can, that I can relate back to you. But the Jupiter in Aries is Jupiter is the lock placement that has to do with your expansion for opportunities and prosperity and abundance. Do I have a big one of those? You sure do, sweetie pie. We got Jupiter in the sixth house of work and of service. And there's elements of this that it's very close to your North node, which shows me you're destined for abundance, but we have to get very clear with that Aries energy so that you can be that activator. You can be that person who's doing mediumship in your own way, right? It's like, you know, that you are a very gifted channel, but I'll just let you know right now with your Mercury in Pisces, I also have that placement. We can get really lost in the trance and kind of confused when it comes to what we were mentioning right before we started the recording, like kind of like what everyone else is doing, how everyone else is doing it. And that is where we lose our, our magic. That's when we lose our intuition. I feel that's where I went. I was like, everybody else is doing it like this and that. And and that's why I feel like I've had to come back. Like this year alone, I've gone back to my maiden name, going back to doing mediumship. And I was known in New Zealand, well, I'm coming back to being known in New Zealand as New Zealand's modern medium. My mediumship is not the same as everybody. You know, when I started, Danielle, I was 25, seven months pregnant. Back then, Tyler Henry wasn't even on the screen. So the only people I could identify with were like in their 50s or 60s. And I was like 25. I was like, "Eh, how do I fit into this world where I love fashion and having a good night out on a Saturday and maybe not at seven months pregnant, but you know what I mean? It's like, how do I identify? And so I really believe my role, especially in New Zealand, I mean, I have a global clientele, but it was like, I was bringing mediumship to the forefront. I was making it less taboo and weird and whatever, you know, all the things that people think mediumship is. (laughs) And when you come to my show, it is a show. It's entertaining. We laugh, we cry, we go through a journey together. It's such an incredible experience. So to hear you say that makes me go, God, I so know who I am. (laughs) I really know who I am as a person. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, just going back to that sense of like entertainment and being lighthearted and really just giving it more of a, this is what I tap into with my Leo moon. So I'm also a Leo moon like you. So that Leo energy is very much that inner child playfulness. So what I like to tap into with that is like, I'm, I'm your bestie, right? Like we can talk for hours. We can have so much like, fun. Can we, can we talk for hours? Cause it's so interesting. <laughs> yes. Like, and this is the thing is that like, that's what people are magnetized to you because they know, yes, we are talking about like a serious subject, but we can also kind of infuse some humor and like, also just remember that, you know, not every time we're talking to the other side, it's not always this like really dreadful, oh my gosh, like serious thing. Like sometimes they're like making jokes. Oh my know, gosh. Like- Especially when they're like really hot. Like, you know, I've done shows where I've had soldiers come to me to like pass on (laughs) message to the audience. And I'm like, oh, damn, I'm like blushing here. Like, he's really hot. 
And you know, my personality is to say that kind of stuff. Like, uh, oh my gosh. And I feel you're so right. Like when we are doing mediumship, it is a really sad thing. It's you're dealing with grief. You're dealing with now navigating life with someone who's not in a physical body, but still here and they're invisible and like, oh, how does this all work? And so for me, I love to bring in that aspect of fun and love. And yes, they do things like slam the door and think it's really funny. And, you know, <laughs> and that's what it is. It's not always dark and gloomy and sad. And they, they're they not like that in spirit. They want to have a party. They're like, no, don't yeah. be sad. I want to have fun. Like, I love that my, is it Jupiter? Is that what you said? Or my Leo? Can't remember. Brings that out. I was going to say the Leo moon absolutely brings that out you also have your mars in gemini so these two this is where i have like my split personality (laughs) yes me too melissa we both have mars in gemini okay it's actually really funny because whenever i'm looking at someone's chart and they ask me something very specific so you asked me to look for the placements or the pieces of you in your chart that show that you're a psychic medium and i'm like okay where is scorpio in her chart and what's in her eighth house so these are the two placements that are very obvious identifiers it's your pluto in scorpio first house we're going to talk about that that's the extremes of like am i supposed to do this like i don't want to do this and then you really claiming it and coming back to your power of yes this is who i am and this is what i'm meant to do but the mars in gemini in the eighth house makes me laugh because gemini is the communicator it's the messenger and so the eighth house is the house of spirit it's the house of death grief loss the other side it's kind of like the underworld right so it's really funny because i'm like oh there it is she talks to dead people <laughs> that's literally like okay so we can all clarify that <laughs> It is in my chart. I am meant to be a medium and communicate with the other side, right? It is like a real thing. It's a real thing. And I do believe that the Gemini energy is also very similar to Leo in the lens of lighthearted, making it fun, making it humorous, like having a party. Like that's literally what Gemini and Leo represent. Very youthful energy. But at the same time, you're piece of this is to really help talk about empowering them like Mars is an activator Mars is the planet that like really shows your inner drive and your ambition and since it's in the eighth house that shows like you're a warrior you've also been through your own deaths to rebirth processes like you've had a lot of karmic moments or events that kind of tore you yeah, apart. Well, I battled with suicide from the age of nine till 29. Like I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't get this human life experience. It was, yeah, it was a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that with me. There's definitely a lot here that shows. Does it show like I'm over that part? Like, is that part of my life done? Of course. I mean, here's the thing, like, you know, that Pluto in the first house of Scorpio is not for the weak, right? Like there's elements of Pluto's energy being in such an early part of your life because the first house, if you think about the time you were born representing the first house of your chart, then Pluto in your first house shows that like even before you were able to walk and talk, you've probably been influenced and seen things that many people have not, right? And it's very personal, it's very private, and it's probably really locked into your subconscious that 
there's parts of it that you don't even remember, or, you know, it's kind of trauma that's repressed in, you know, different parts of your, your subconscious. So to grow up in whatever household you grew up in, and we don't have to get into your childhood, but you know, it's just knowing that like from a very early age, Pluto being this planet that has to do with loss and grief, and also just feeling kind of powerless. It's interesting. You're talking about, you want to help others not feel powerless, but you felt like, Exactly. You felt very powerless from a very young age. And then, you know, it went to the other extreme of what Pluto represents, which is personal power and resilience and strength and being able to rise like the Phoenix, right? And so you really embody that. And that's not to be taken lightly. That's something that Pluto in the first house, like they are absolutely powerhouses, but they have to like really kind of get go through hell and back to get there yeah and you have a story to tell and with your moon in leo in the 10th house which has to do with your career and your public image and how other people see you you really sharing those pieces of your journey of doesn't have to get into the details of everything, but you can just kind of speak about how your gifts and what you share, the wisdom you hold, you know, the practices that you have to really just come back to your own sense of personal power. That's what's really gonna inspire people. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're helping people with like kind of getting them out of the dark nights of the soul and really pulling them out and showing them the light. And it doesn't mean that we have to go through shadow work for the rest of our lives, but at the same time, time, like you do have a very unique just strength that's embedded within you. Like it's just a part of you. But at the same time, Pluto in the first house can have that who am I and what am I here to do? Because they know they have a very unique mission, but sometimes they forget how to tap into that. And it's almost like that sense of powerlessness comes from am I going to be able to do that in this lifetime? Yes, it's the bigness of it. It's like, oh my gosh, one of the questions a business coach has asked me is, what is it about success that you're afraid of? And I go, I'm not afraid of being successful, but I am afraid of the responsibility that comes with success. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. once you become influential, you do play a big role in the kind of lives that other people lead and live. And for me, it's always been like, can I handle that? Can, can I handle this responsibility? I mean, I could totally be a rock star. I think I could nail that. <laughs> but it comes back to this ethics that I keep really feeling in me is like, wow, can I actually hold that energy with the responsibility that actually comes with this? And I feel for me, it's not only the people on earth that are counting on me, it's the spirit realm that's also counting on me. So I feel like I've got this, you know, the universe and earth kind of going, come on, Melissa, get on with mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Yeah. You're always going to feel on the go. And I think the Pluto in the first house is also a massive permission slip to always allow different parts of you that don't resonate. What I mean by that is like, you know, I'm sure you're going to come up with offers and you're going to have like different evolutions of your public image and your persona. Like you literally mentioned this to me when we were first connecting about the previous podcast and like, you know, released it and now you started a new one. And so it's always going to be like an evolution of your career based on who you're becoming in that process. So I don't ever want you to get caught up in like the, it has to only look one way type of thing because your Mars in Gemini, I have that placement too. Like 
it's like also just a massive permission slip to do a little bit of all the things that you freaking love to do. And that's what I find hard because it's like, I love so many things and I can teach about so many things and I'm really good at what I do. Like I have the mastery and it's like, this is why I fight so much being a medium sometimes. I'm like, being a medium isn't enough. Like, how am I really going to change the world being a medium? And then I feel like in the last few months, like I said to you, I went through like what feels like a death. It was like actually being a medium is flipping amazing. Like a real honor to be a medium. And does it say in my chat why I keep fighting that? Like, Mm -hmm. is there a part of me that I can kind of like squish down that makes me feel like I have to fight it? It's like a tug of war in my own mind. Of course. So that's actually depicted through both your Mars and your Chiron in Gemini. So let's talk about the idea of Mars being the the conflict of your mind, because that is Gemini energy. It's all very mental. So it's very related to like kind of needing to get your mindset on board. Like we need to connect our mind with our, our intentions and our goals because you can get distracted very easily and you can get very like squirrel brain, you know, like, it's just like, Ooh, okay. Like something, never finish it. That's a typical yeah. Aries. Yes, exactly. And so it's very similar with Gemini, but the thing with Gemini is that it's a little bit more scattered rather than Aries is good at like starting one thing and then just like kind of leading it to the side. Gemini wants to start like three things at once and then like they don't finish any of them. But the thing here no, is so that- me. I, I mm-hmm. like sometimes we'll launch like three things in one day. Like, that's how I roll. <laughs> Me too, 100%. And then I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> like, why am I like this? But I also know, I also know that like when it comes to the relation of Mars being in Gemini. So your question was like, how do I stop fighting this? To me, it is about like, okay, knowing that there is a time for everything. So this is where I come in and I talk more about like the timing of things because I like to help you understand like, hey, here's your goal or here's your vision. Because trust me, girl, like I get in the same way. I'm like, I have my membership. I have my mastermind. I have retreat. I have one-on-one clients. I have sessions. Like I do a little bit of literally everything. I do like me. I do like love. <laughs> you know, I do spirituality. I do, you know, healing. Like I'm freaking all over the place. So what's really happening is like, you're meant to be giving people different options of like the different tiers of how they work with you. And like the whole idea behind this is like, I'm giving myself permission to do a little bit of everything, but I'm bringing them through a journey. You start here and then like, whatever, you rise to this place. That's where it's kind of difficult with Mars and Gemini because we get like caught up in our minds of, how to do that or what are the steps to do that? Because it's not so practical. It's a little bit more through impulse, very similar to your Aries energy, where you just get excited about something and you're just going to do it. But instead, the whole idea of this is kind of like I play the tapes of, okay, I have an idea. It's a, it's a genius idea. I love this idea. I'm going to brain dump this idea. I'm going to really just like put it out on paper. I'm going to write it out. Okay. What's the story of what's happening after this? I love to kind of just like bring it back to, okay, who's the person that this is for? And like, what is this leading into next? Because the Gemini energy is never meant to just have it be one pathway or just one thing. So like that whole, what's the end goal? The end goal is that you're going to 
invite them into the next things. So it's really just kind of always having that journey with them, but also knowing that that Chiron in Gemini, that's your deepest healing of this lifetime. So Chiron shows that you have a wound of communication. And feel free to share it. I'm an open book. So I want this to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think the wound is very much like, again, overthinking, overanalyzing, and just like wanting to know the step-by-step process, but like feeling a little all over the place in between. So I I want to know it, but I don't because I'm so spontaneous and I'm like, oh, I do want to know, but I don't want to know. (laughs) Exactly. And so I think that when it comes to this, I always remind people that Chiron is going to be like the soulmate indicator of your client that you're going to help the most because they are also going to have that similar type of wound. And so have you ever noticed that when someone has something very similar to you, you, we preach all day of how to do it. We're like, oh yeah. And we're like, we give them the step-by-step process. We channel for them. We're just really good at giving other people advice that we need to take ourselves. I'm so giggling because I'm like, I totally do that. But then when it comes to myself, I totally don't. I don't know. I don't know who I am. What do I do? So (laughs) it's very similar to that, that it's like, When you're in that, wow, I see myself within this person, I recognize that place that they're in. Okay, when I'm talking to this person, I need to also really start to reflect that back into my own self. And the more that you're embodying that like mirror energy, the more that you're going to really just start tackling this whole I don't know who I am type of story because that's all it really comes down to, right? It's just a story. It's a narrative. We can change it. We can rewrite it. But also it's so funny because you're like, I'm not a Libra at all. And the Libra rising is the most undecisive, like, what do I do? How do I do this type of sign? I love it. Great. What what sign should I should have been? So I think that like the, the idea behind this is to always have that person, whether it's a mentor or a friend, like a trusted source that will be that reflection back to you, because that's what Libras need. You also have your son in Aries, but it's in the seventh house, which is the house traditionally ruled by Libra. So you are very Libran, believe it or not. Okay. So there's elements of this where It's all about having someone else reflect things back to you. And that's going to bring the clarity. And also, again, what you're communicating to other people, reflecting it back to you. Like, oh, okay. Where can I look in the mirror and say that exact same thing, right? It's so fascinating. I'm sure I could ask a thousand questions because, you know, that's how my mind is working. But I want to ask, bringing it back, the podcast is, of course, making mediumship the norm. So looking at my chart mm-hmm. and understanding my vision that I'm here to be a leader, communicate mm-hmm. with the spirit realm, however that looks, what mm-hmm. do you see as kind of like my my vision with this? I really believe I'm on this earth to make mediumship the norm, to bring mediumship yes. to medium shop. <laughs> mediumship to the forefront of society. I'm here to help. Yes us have these conversations so that we're no longer afraid of death or that we no longer grieve on our own. Like that is my mission at the deepest of my 
for. So how do I go about this from a chat perspective? Like, what can you see? I don't even know if I'm asking the question and and how I'm supposed to ask it, but I feel you might know what I mean. So moving forward in this mission, what am Mm -hmm. I meant to do? Mm-hmm. So, okay, I see this in well, a couple. What do you see in the stars? Like, what does it mm-hmm. say? I was gonna say I'm gonna just kind of channel this a little bit in relation to also like where the planets are in the sky right now. But I really invite you to just know that there's a couple things that are coming to me. One of them is that having it be this very down to earth type of topic. You're not diluting the topic or loses the sacredness of what you do. But what you're going to do is you're going to really show them that, yes, this is something that I can access, but I don't know if you want to kind of give them a little bit of like the things that people can relate with on a daily basis that they're not necessarily calling themselves psychic mediums, but maybe they're receiving messages from the other side. And like, they're just learning how to connect with the divine in general, right? Like they're learning how to really tap into kind of like the magic of the world, the unseen. And so with that, I feel like that is a little bit deeper than just hey, we're just going to talk about mediumship. Like we're really talking about the spirit world in general and kind of how they communicate with us and how we can ask for messages. And that to me is like kind of bringing it back to the person rather than, you know, just kind of talking about it as if you are the only person who's able to access this, right? Like we're really like showing them, hey, like you have your personal journey. So first I said, you're a storyteller. So you're absolutely meant to be sharing parts of you in this process. Your first encounters of being with spirit and just in general again sharing like the funny stories of like when you were kind of like startled or you know when you were first really communicating with them or whatever that is but also again really tapping people into you have the ability to connect with them too and like ways to do that absolutely Um, I believe everybody is a medium and that's mm -hmm. something that sometimes people hold someone like myself on a pedestal and think I'm the only one who can communicate with the departed or angels or whatever. I'm like, no, as long as you've got a pulse, you can do it too. And that's Mm -hmm. really my mission in making mediumship the norm is for all of us to realize we're all healers, intuitives, channelers, like it's in each and every single one of us. That's also part of my mission. So I'm really glad you've brought that up. Yeah, because it's just a different level of trusting yourself, trusting what you're feeling and what you're seeing doesn't necessarily have to be quote unquote right. It just is. And I think that that's where like the ego and our mind gets in the way where it's like, well, am I doing it wrong? Do I have to tap into like, do I have to do a step-by-step process to open up my gifts? And it's like, Oh my gosh, am I going to see them in the shower now? Or, you know, it's like. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I do believe that you are going to have that gift of, again, reminding people that they are connected with them the most, especially if it's their loved ones, because I'm almost hearing like this is more of an intuitive thing. I can be in your chart, but maybe it's just because you have that Mercury in Pisces and you have the Venus in Pisces. So there's just elements of kind of teaching people different maybe practices or rituals or things that they can do to connect. So like, for instance, like showing them if they wanted to set up an altar, how to do 
do that or showing them like different things that they can ask the universe so that they can start kind of getting surprised. For me, like I always like to just kind of play with the magic of manifestation sometimes like, oh yeah, show me like a red car if I'm meant to be doing this. And then a freaking red car shows up and I'm like, oh, there it goes. So like, you know, there's just, there's different synchronicities and things that you could be just kind of helping them see like the powers within you right like and this is this is the magic of of how this works so anyways the other piece of this and it really starting to be seen you do have in the third house which has to do with your communication your message your voice social media very much just like a place where I would say you would either write a book or you would have a podcast or both you could have both I'm working on it (laughs) yes so I see that you know you do have Saturn near Uranus in Sagittarius here. So what this means is, you know, Saturn is going to help you kind of, it's going to push you. Saturn shows you, this is where you're going to work. This isn't going to be something that is going to flow or like just kind of, you know, it's going to be a builder. You're going to be building something that is going to be unconventional because it's near Uranus and Uranus is a very rebellious outside the box, like very original type of placement. And with that, it is in Sagittarius. So to me, it is about kind of expanding your network outside of your small town or just online. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you would have speaking opportunities or like being yeah, traveling and just kind of, you know, maybe being a part of in-person things also, because this third house does represent, you know, our communication and everything I spoke of, but it also represents like your local community. So to me, I always think of the third house as in-person work. It's not just about your social media presence. So with that, just keep that in mind. If you wanted to like, you know, do local workshops or just kind of get some gigs, like they're speaking opportunities around where you live, but there's something there that shows that you're meant to kind of be known as that person that's very much like the wise teacher, which is that Sagittarius energy, right? You've experienced that. And last but not least in relation to that third house, it's just in a different sign, is your Neptune is in the third house. So Neptune is that channeler. Neptune is you being able to really like kind of tune into other worlds without even having to think about it, or it's kind of just a part of your experience. But I do believe that, you know, that Neptune in Capricorn shows that Capricorn is your business. That's the placement that represents the CEO of the Zodiac. And Neptune being there is a healer. It's a seer. It's also just in general, like a master of manifestation. Like you can tap into unconscious realms. You can tap into the quantum field and you can rewrite timelines like you have a very powerful mind I think it's just important that we know how to really direct what you want to do because once you make that decision and you direct that like assumption of I am going to be a world traveler I am going to be a world known medium if you really get your mind behind that like Neptune is going to be like all right girl like we're going to tap into all of the connections and the resources to guide you there but you have to surrender and fully trust that I'm going to lead you there don't let your yeah, mind and, get into the part where I'm like I have moments where I'm like yeah let's do this world domination and then there's a part of me that goes yeah no let's do mm-hmm. it Let's not. Is it my Libra or is it That's my Libra girl? Oh my gosh. That's your Libra. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I do, I believe that there's a lot of power in, again, like really getting clear of like taking ownership of who you are, the magic that you bring, the message that you want to bring, and like not so much worrying about like that step-by-step process. So what's going to happen just so you know, in relation to don't worry so much about the steps, just know that it's more about like, again, the embodiment of who you believe yourself to be at this moment, because what's happening. It's so interesting is that Venus is in cancer at the moment, and she is literally right on top of your midheaven. So your midheaven in astrology is that public image. It's your legacy. It's how you want to be remembered. And it's so funny because Venus is like the attractor of your clients and money and abundance and pleasures and joy. Venus is the divine feminine energy. So literally like we are connecting, we are expressing like who you are and you are really being seen and being honored and admired by your audience through the lens of the coding of today is very special for this. And Venus is going to continue into your 10th house of careers. Danielle, honestly, I feel we could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours. And mm-hmm. you are such a wealth of information. I'm sure that those that are listening to the podcast are like curious about themselves. And so how can people reach out to you? How can people also have, I know my chat probably isn't normally how you would read it because I wanted it specific for the podcast. So it's been a little bit like disjointed or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's given people a taster and understanding of it all. What's the first step to dive with you and into the chat? like? Where can people do that with you? Yeah, for sure. So my first name, Danielle, my last name, Rosado. So you can, you know, put in DanielleRosado.com. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram. My Instagram is aligned with Danielle. So what I usually do is I will always invite you into a chart reading first, especially if you've never had a birth chart reading done. That's always, of course, like kind of like the baseline, but The thing about my chart readings is they can be for an intentional purpose. So my traditional birth chart reading is going to kind of do what we did a little bit in relation to your placements. And if you have any questions about something specific, I can answer it through current astrology and what's happening for you right now. But I also have business astrology readings for entrepreneurs. We go through business strategy, creating offers, marketing, soulmate clients, attracting wealth. We could go through all that. I do compatibility readings for couples. I do readings for mothers and their children. Um, That would be interesting. Which one of my three children am I not compatible with? (laughs) (laughs) You can see the relationship between, like it's almost like the karma between you two and like what you're meant to teach each other. It's really cool. Or business partners like to also kind of see if they're going to link in well with one another. Anyways, yeah. So I have different chart readings for different purposes. Um, So if you go on my website, you'll see them there. Yeah, I have so many incredible ways to learn astrology as well. If anyone is interested in kind of getting into the introduction of how to read this within themselves and follow it. And actually like my whole mission is to give you application practices of what to do with it. So that's like my main thing. It's like, I don't want you to just like know the knowledge. I want to give you the practical steps of like, how do I actually use this so that it can better my life? So yeah. I'm kind of like, I'd want to learn it just for myself. (laughs) 
I don't yeah. feel I want to add it to my bag of tools and how <laughs> I feel, but I'm like, maybe I need to dive deeper into this whole, like, when's the best time for me to do things? And so yeah. I definitely feel you and I will connect in so many different ways. And I've mm-hmm. so loved having you and how you share about my chart and really confirming who I am as a person, my mission what I'm here to do on this earth that is so in some ways comforting and confronting because as we see and as we now know I had this Libra Gemini nonsense where I'm a tug of war with myself so all the love and appreciation that you give to me my beautiful clients and followers and listeners it encourages me to keep going so thank you so much right because sometimes as we saw that Libra Gemini thing takes over So Danielle, honestly, thank you so much. I can see why you are the astrologer of the industry, your knowledge, your heart, your incredible channel with this is so pure. So I've loved my time and I hope everyone listening has found this super interesting (laughs) diving into all things, Melissa and, um, Any parting words that you want to leave the listeners that are going through grief or dealing with grief and how maybe astrology can help them with that? Yeah, for sure. I always said that grief is my biggest teacher because I've experienced it firsthand very personally. So if there's anything that I've learned in relation to how astrology has really pulled me out of this dark space where nothing makes sense, astrology has been the only tool that has actually helped me make sense of why things happen when they do and how divine timing works and divine order works. So if there's anything that I will just leave listeners off with, it's just one, you are not alone with what you are feeling. Two, you are so safe to feel what you're feeling. And three, there is a light at this end of the tunnel. And to me, when someone so close to me passes, they are the guiding light for me. They are my angel. They are the one who cleared the path for me to step into this mission to help others see their path. So just know that you are so divinely guided and just trust your instincts. And if I can help support with that, then I would be very honored. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I want to express my utmost gratitude for having you joining me on this journey in making mediumship the norm. As we together continue to explore the depths of the spiritual realm, I ask if you could please leave a five-star review for the podcast. Your feedback and your ratings not only brighten up my day, but they also help others to discover the podcast so we can truly bring mediumship into the everyday homes and conversations. And if you're ready to dive in deeper and want to work with me and see what possibilities await you, I encourage you to book in a reading with me or to check out the Soul Love Academy. Thank you so much for being part of this incredible journey in making mediumship the norm. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Until then, remember that you are a gift to the world. Together we awaken, together we align, and together we ascend. Love always, Melissa Espinasi. Mwah!